The date is July 2nd, 1997, and we're watching Men in Black. Welcome to I Used to Like This One. And welcome to I Used to Like This One, the show where we take a look back at movies we remember fondly from our childhood and attempt to look past the nostalgia to see if they still hold up. My name is Sean Wells, and with me, as always, is the Agent C to my Agent S. Hello, I'm Colin Stewart. See, I I, I did the math on that. I, I, I haven't shown my work, but somehow I figured out that you would be C, Agent C, if you were to be a man in black. And that I would be Agent S. It's, you know, it, 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 there's some tricky algebra involved to get to that. <laughs> but I, I, I've got it. <laughs> what if we, what if we both had, like, what if my name was Steve? Then who would be Agent S? That's always right? been my, that's always been my question about the men in black is. Are there is only like, 26 of them? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So this week, we're looking back at July 1997, when the movies and theaters were Disney's Hercules, Face Off, My Best Friend's Wedding, Batman and Robin, and of course, our movie for today, Men in Black, which earned $589.4 million on a $90 million budget. Man, what a banger weekend of movies. Right? (laughs) I I love all those movies. Yeah. Yeah. Although I'm a little bit blown away, I I mean, I guess now that I see the date, 1997, that makes sense. For some reason in my mind, I had it that Tommy Lee Jones was Two-Face after Men in Black, but I've Mandela affected myself, I guess. Yeah, at the exact same time. <laughs> I, I forget what the actual release date of Batman and Robin was. Like, I, I usually don't go f- further back than a month. When I mm-hmm. come to the other movies that would be in theaters, so yeah, it would have been within a couple weeks of each other. So, well, he was he was Two Face in Batman Forever, so that was ninety five. Oh yeah, I, I thought Men, yeah, I thought Men in Black yeah. was older. Yeah. I thought Men in Black was like it was also like a ninety five or yeah, ninety six. But I yeah. I totally forgot my villains. I for, totally <laughs> mixed up my villains and movies on that one. Yeah, Batman and Robin is the the governator. Yeah. Arnie is Mr. Freeze, so but as always, there will be spoilers ahead. And unfortunately for us, we don't have the ability to neuralize anybody through audio nice. means. So if you don't want uh if you don't want Men in Black to be spoiled for you, then uh please hit pause, go watch it, and then come back and hear what we have to say. Right on. So the tagline that appears on the poster for this movie is well, I have two. But I I don't know how I feel about the second one. The first one is protecting the Earth from the scum of the universe. Everyone knows that one if they know Men in Black. That's a good buddy cop. Let me guess. The second one is is it slaps. No, 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 it isn't. Come on, that that. Come on. But that that is a uh, yes <laughs> right there. It, it needs it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, see, I mean, protecting the Earth from the scum of the universe as well, I believe, is one of the lines of the song as well, is it not? Uh, Yeah, I think it's thrown in there. But part of me thinks, like, 
it's only thrown in there at the end of the song just because that's the tagline. Like yeah. that's a pretty long sentence to f- to fit into a rap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, see, unfortunately the second one is not it slaps. However, I think that is now like the honorary third tagline for this movie. No, the second one I think might just be said in the teaser trailer. Like, it doesn't actually specify whether it's on a poster. It just says that it's a tagline. And so number two is more secretive than the CIA, more powerful than the FBI, and they're looking for a few good men. They are the men in black. So like I said, I don't know whether that, you know, what form of media that particular tagline is from. It might not be from the poster. Yeah, that one doesn't fit the spirit of the movie, I don't think. Yeah. Like, when I looked on IMDb, the only one I could find was protecting the Earth from the scum of the universe. And then this one was kind of when I started going through some of my, you know, uh, back alley dark web s- searches that I go through to find some of these taglines. Some of them, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a real maze. It's a real labyrinth I go through to get through to some of these taglines sometimes. So... I think the only true one is that first one, and it slaps, of course. But they may not be very good descriptions of the movie, so let's go to Colin for a 60-second synopsis. All right. Today's 60-second synopsis. I don't know why. I really struggled to to put something coherent together for this one. So today's today's 60-second synopsis is brought to you by Google. Okay. They are the best-kept secret in the universe. Yeah, Working are. for a highly funded yet unofficial government agency, K and J are the men in black, providers of immigration services and regulators of all things alien on Earth. While investigating a series of unregistered close encounters, the MIB agents uncover the deadly plot of an intergalactic terrorist who is on a mission to assassinate two ambassadors from opposing galaxies currently in residence in New York City. There you go. Nice. <laughs> right on. Well, that one was under a minute, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I've decided my resolution for 2023 is to is to actually honor honor the 60 seconds. No. Uh, you can't. But it, but, it, <laughs> but it makes it really hard. Yeah. Because no. sometimes, sometimes I'm like, well, should I like give, like how much do I give away? Like I want to give a good synopsis that like sets up the conversation. Yeah. But then sometimes it's like, well, I can't explain it without I can't explain one thing without giving away other things and then it just all oh, it's it's difficult. But uh yeah. that's well, a little I, behind I, the scenes for the audience. I, I like some of the spins you've put on some of them in the past where you've you know gone from like the villain's perspective and stuff like that. Yeah, I think what listeners might find is I find it most hard to do a 60-second synopsis when it's a movie I like. Okay. Like, because because I'm just like, ah, it's perfect. Like, all I want to say is perfection. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, yeah, for me, Men in Black, I mean, I was all over the Will Smith train. I was a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air watcher, and then he had Bad Boys, Independence Day, and then this, like, back-to-back-to-back summers. And so, I mean, I was there for Men in Black. I loved it. Uh, it the, the song was a fucking bop at the time. Oh, yeah. You know, just bounce with me. Just bounce it with me. Come on. Come on. Ha ha. Woo. Uh, <laughs> but so, I mean, I just, I always loved Men in Black. I, and 
Now, Colin, I mean, earlier in 2022, you did go on record at one point of saying, Will Smith, you are dead to me. And Men in Black is a movie that has been... <laughs> the audio is out there. I just forget which episode it is. So everybody has to go back and listen to every fucking episode if they want to hear him say that. But <laughs> I was I was surprised because this movie has been floating around since a possibility for episode 100 even, you know, maybe mm-hmm. even a bit before that. What is it that has brought Will Smith back to life for in your eyes or at least this movie? Uh, you know, tell yes. me about this movie. What's your history? Yes. He is risen. Oh, that's blasphemous. I probably should. You know what? Forgive me. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and so close to after Christmas. God. I know. I'm, I should have saved it for Easter, I suppose. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, Men in Black is one of my favorite movies for sure. I remember when I was 97, probably like grade four or five mm-hmm. then. And I remember I'd never heard of this movie, obviously, because I wasn't aware of what happened in theaters and all that kind of stuff. But my buddy Dylan got this movie on VHS and brought it over and we watched it at my house. And then I remember for like a solid weekend or two, I remember like watching this movie, then immediately going into my mom's closet and she had like a black, I don't know, now that I think about it, it was probably like a woman's power suit like they had back in the 1980s (laughs) and then dressing up like the men in black. And then we had, she had like this old like camera that we pretended was like a neuralizer because you could just shoot the flash off. Nice. (laughs) And then we we would just like play, play pretend men in black for hours and hours and hours and if that if that doesn't speak to how much I I love this movie when I first saw it, then I don't know what does. And I haven't watched it in a in a really really long time. Yeah. But yeah, I still. I mean, I don't. Have you watched? I never. I was really excited for Men in Black International, but mm-hmm. it got it got such bad reviews that I haven't actually ever watched it. So I have seen it. I didn't hate it. Okay. Chris Hemsworth is definitely charming and funny mm-hmm. on screen. It, it felt like one of those movies that was trying too hard in certain areas. Okay. You know, like the fact that Emma Thompson is running the uh, the Men in Black, and there's a lot of emphasis on its women in black now or something like that you know there's there's a few of those kind of lines where Mm. it's like oh men in black franchise woke up a little bit yeah because it's also uh tess tess what's her face or whatever her name is tessa thompson tessa thompson as well yeah so yeah as for will smith i mean i don't know this is like peak will smith to me like this is when to me him at his best like this movie and Independence Day are when I think of Will Smith as as an actor, those are the two movies that immediately pop into my mind. So yeah, I think I don't know. He's he's pretty undeniably good in this movie. I think yeah, and you know maybe watching it now softened my heart a little bit towards current state Will Smith, where, where it's like, oh, remember <laughs> when? You know, yeah, it's your your nostalgia. He wasn't all bad. No, <laughs> no, he was the one that got slapped by the bug in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So now you haven't seen international, but what about the like the rest of the franchise? You have you seen two and three? Yeah, I've seen two and three. I don't know. I could take or leave them. Like I, I think I think this movie is. I think Men in Black is is a perfect movie that sometimes I just like to think stands alone. Yeah, yeah. Men in Black two. Was all right. Men in Black Three. I, I remember not really enjoying I, it. All. I I barely remember what three, what the plot of it even is. Three. I mean, whenever movies go back in time, it doesn't bode oh. well. And and three three is when like Jay Jay goes back in time and meets younger K, played by Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So yeah, this could have ended at two quite easily as well. Yeah, but mm-hmm. you're right. It, yeah, it, Men in Black 1 is its nice little tidy package. Yeah. Well, okay, let's jump into Men in Black, directed by Barry Sonnenfeld. <laughs> Funny enough, John Landis <laughs> was one person that was potentially uh, going to direct this. And he said, it, no, nah, it was basically Blues Brothers with Aliens was his quote on it. And I'm like, the, the fuck? Yeah, like okay, you, you didn't. You clearly didn't read the script. <laughs> you didn't read past the first page, yeah. And Quentin Tarantino was also approached, and Spielberg considered directing, but chose to just executive produce instead. It's produced by Laurie McDonald, Walter F. Parks, and written by Lowell Cunningham, who is the guy that wrote the comic, and Ed Solomon, who we know from Bill and Ted's. So this movie opens with all the Danny Elfman you can handle. Yes. And like the the bug opening is still one of my favorites of all time. Like they just they put so much in stake in this bug and, and you think it's going to be important and then just like no. Guts on a windshield. Yeah. Sorry, I can't get over the idea of Quentin Tarantino directing this movie. I'm just I'm imagining like Sam Jackson and and John Travolta is as J and K and what that would be like. <laughs> wow. You you, you want to know the, uh, the alternate castings on J and K that I found out that I think would be a hilarious pairing. I mean, first of all, like Chris O'Donnell famously turned this down to do Batman and Robin instead. And he was going to be J, but no, the other option was K Clint Eastwood and J David Schwimmer. It's it's funny, but like I can't imagine two white leads. Like I can't imagine Jay not being black. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, especially for a line like "It be raining black people in New York," <laughs> I, even though that was an improvised Will yeah. Smith line. But <laughs> David Schwimmer. David Schwimmer. I yeah. I can't imagine it... David Schwimmer or Chris O'Donnell. Like I, to me, that must have been a completely different Jay. Well, unless it was a completely different K, right? I mean, yeah. I said Clint Eastwood, but I mean, you could have gone with a uh, Danny Glover type as uh, as mm. K. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Clint Eastwood as K would have been interesting. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't have been terrible, especially 1997 Clint Eastwood. I mean, that's like in the line of fire Clint Eastwood, so he's still a little bit spry. Okay, so... The whole opening, first of all, Tommy Lee Jones is so cool. Mm -hmm. You know, just rolling up. I'll take it from here. 
I, I read that he uh, originally tried to do this part like all comedic and it was not working. And he's like, no, 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 no. Barry Sonnefeld is like, no, you you have to do it straight. This only works if you do it completely straight. He's like, well, no, I'm in a funny movie. I got to be funny. Like Tommy Lee Jones just didn't get it. But like he it. is the funniest part of this movie because he plays it straight. That seems interesting knowing what we know about like how awful he was to Jim Carrey during Batman Forever. <laughs> I what? Because he was like like he he basically told Jim Carrey at one point like he hated what he did like all his like weird jokes and like his funny mannerisms and that kind of stuff like that he like he just didn't like it at all and told him that to his face. Oh, and okay. so so the idea that he would go from Batman Forever where it seemed by all rights, he was like kind of anti-comedy to wanting to play, or maybe he was just like, didn't like Jim Carrey's slapstick style. Yeah. I don't know, but I don't know. I think K yeah. Like not playing it. If he were to not play it straight, this movie would just be, you know, the three stooges almost. You need, you need that straight man. And, And someone like Tommy Lee Jones does it so perfectly. Oh Yeah. Yeah, we we at the FBI do not have a sense of humor that we are aware of, ma'am. You know, like lines like that, they are so dry and he is so great at being dry. Mm-hmm. I I do want to say I'm impressed. I mean, I know a lot of this movie is like a mixture of practical puppet aliens and and digital effects, but my God, they still hold up pretty well for 1997. Like the whole reveal of the alien in the beginning, underneath the uh, Mexican suit. Yeah, yeah. I really <laughs> that was one thing. This this is one of those movies where I because I haven't watched it in such a long time there were a lot of moments like this one where i realized i did not get what was happening when i watched it as a kid yeah like i did i didn't get that he was like tricking the alien by talking to him in spanish and yeah. and he was just like ah. like i just thought like i don't know it's because he looked weird or something <laughs> yeah e- even the lines like you know go on you know and protect us from the evil aliens we've got this one Right. <laughs> it's like I could understand how you might, you know, even comments like that might have been over your head. Mm-hmm. When they do end up exploding the alien, though, wh- where are the hazmat suits? Like what what the what the men in black or, you know, like what their cleanup team ends up showing up in is basically like garbage bags, mm-hmm. clear, clear garbage bags like you know, this is a biohazard scene. You, you've got entrails. He says, I think you have entrails on you. You think they'd have a better cleanup team going on. They'd have well, maybe they, ventilators maybe at they least. Have special, maybe they have special, special material. Maybe what looks like garbage bag suits to us is actually some high-tech, I don't know, anti-alien disease protector. Yeah. Well, do they have like anti-smell? Uh, you know, like did, did you know, like some sort of nostril plug that we can't see that as a ventilator to keep them from inhaling any toxic biohazardous spray? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so they've got like these magic lobster bibs, and okay, you know, I just you know, I don't know if you remember ET. But I mean, there was a whole biohazard quarantine room dome set up over that thing. 
you know, <laughs> and that was just an alien running around. This one was exploded all over a person, you know. He was screaming. He would have gotten it in his mouth. Well, we don't know. It. Maybe alien guts taste okay. Yeah. Well, I guess not because... Like sushi? It's Because like... the, bu- the bug clearly doesn't because when the bug explodes, they're like spitting that out like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I think. I think it's a perfect opening of this movie, though, to have that juxtaposition of like illegal aliens and space aliens. Yeah. As as an adult, that's something I I really appreciate. Well, that metaphor and also the bug splattering on the windshield is foreshadowing of the fact <laughs> that a bug is coming to Earth. Yeah. Yeah. You know? it, it's kind of funny though that like even just the set. Because it's just a black background with some cactus and desert, like, you know, nighttime, can't see anything. It's just the scope of it seems so small compared to what we get in future Men in Black movies or just even later in this movie. Mm -hmm. This one feels like it's on a soundstage compared to everything else. Yeah, I think that's like one of the nice things about the original Men in Black is that it almost seems indie Yeah, in a way. Like, it seems like... Clearly, a lot of money went into the CGI and all that at the time. Yeah. But the stuff that's just between the people seems so contained and so, like, small and simple. Yeah, like, the the spaceship's crash scene where Edgar... (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's spelt Edgar, but, I mean, she you have to say it like Edgar. Edgar. Um, Edgar. Yeah, I mean, the way it's filmed is absolutely brilliant. The way that it's just them fighting in the house, all you hear is them yelling, and you slowly watch this thing come out of the sky to the point of the, you know, the only thing I love around here is my goddamn truck. And that's yeah. when it hits, right? Yeah, perfect. You know, like, just a, a beautiful scene. And it's such a, I guess, easy special effect in the long run. It's one camera setup. So, do you think? Do you think that like the like in the in the Men in Black organization is the like sign that I'm ready to retire? Do you have to say like, look at the stars, look at the stars? Yeah, and they're so beautiful. I've never seen them before. It's kind. Of, it just reminds me of like the Hulk. Sun's yeah. getting real low. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's like a code word, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's like. I'm too macho and manly to tell you that I'm done, but you know it's stars. It's like, yeah, I know, right? It's like I, I've got a safe word in the bedroom, you know. So it's like I gotta, you know, I gotta have, you know, my exit strategy as well if I'm working for the Men in Black. Yeah, we end up cutting to yeah, Will Smith running in, you know, chasing down this one perp. Freeze means stop, and it's just raining black people in New York. And NYPD means I will knock your punk ass down. You need to learn how to spell James. Jeez, <laughs> knock starts with a K. It's a silent K. God, but my God, like. I love a good foot chase. Like one of the best ones is in uh which uh which James Bond movie is it? There's that one where they're up, you know, along the cranes and everything like that. But oh, yeah. when when you watch one of these chase scenes and you're exhausted just watching him, you know it's a good fucking chase scene. Yeah, I was going to say I I, I want to know who wins in a race between Will Smith and Men in Black and Keanu Reeves in Point Break. 
Oh, I, I thought you were going to say, and, and Will Smith in Bad Boys. <laughs> Except there's too much slow motion to know how fast that character was actually running. You know, the Michael Bay of it all. Yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, Keanu Reeves is in a, yeah, Point Break, that was another good one. But yeah, I, he, yeah, I just, I, I was just exhausted. And like, he comes out on the roof and he's not even out of breath. Come on, give, give me a moment where you drop to your knees for a second. And <laughs> But I also don't think that this is regulation cop wear. J- just like in Bad Boys, I don't think he is wearing an appropriate police officer attire. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like there's more to the story here. Because yeah. what police officer is just wearing like track pants and a, and a t-shirt? Yeah. Like was it, I'm, I'm imagining he was doing some sort of undercover, undercover bust or something. But I mean, even if you're a plainclothes officer, I don't think that that kind of attire would fly. No, I don't think so. No, I I do also want to just go back to Edgar. You can have this gun when you pry it out of my cold dead hands. You know that is acceptable or whatever he says. I see Vincent D'Onofrio so different now that I've seen him as Kingpin. Like yeah. it is it is crazy the stuff that he's doing in this movie compared to what he now does in Daredevil. Blows my mind. I saw him in this other movie called uh El Camino Christmas where he plays kind of like a bumbling cop. Yeah. And it's cl- it's closer to like Edgar, but like whenever I see him now like in a movie like this, I mean I appreciate the performance he gives in this movie, mm-hmm. but it also makes me a really Whenever I see him be, like, more semi-normal as a character, I'm, like, blown away that that's the same guy who plays the Kingpin in Daredevil. Yeah. Because that that character is just so on another level of, like, I don't know, just cold and scary and, like, weird. (laughs) It's a well-played character, absolutely. But, yeah, he's... It just, I don't know, I guess I didn't really know much about Vincent D'Onofrio, but... I've kind of seen more of his work after watching Daredevil and like he's a really, really good actor. I'm mm-hmm. probably I'm under or understating that or pe- yeah. people, will pro- my friend Luke will probably be listening to this yelling at me being like, how do you not know? How do you not know? About this? <laughs> I expect that I expect five text messages from him. What, what will happen one day, Colin, is you'll be standing in, in the grocery store one day and then mm. you will take off a mask and underneath will be Vincent D'Onofrio exactly. because that's how good of an actor he <laughs> <Yeah>. is, <laughs> is that he is you. He was playing me and I didn't, e- and I didn't even know. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's how amazing he is. He's that good. He's that fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So, yeah, we've got James after the perp chase and everything, like, you know, the perp blinking as two sets of eyelids and guns disappearing and stuff, you know, sitting around fat shaming the other police officers. (laughs) But my God, you know, I still, still love what the hell are you talking about? I am half the man you are. I I still love that line. That's still Mm -hmm. one of the greatest ones. Yeah. Some of the other officers are a little soggy around the midsection, sir. Yeah, that's good stuff. See, and they're they're all yeah, he's with real cops. 
Like they're dressed in regular uniforms, aren't they? Or were they in no, just regular detective? No, that guy was. No, in they a were uniform, uniform yeah. cop. Yeah, yeah. But like Sergeant was in like a tie, like a shirt and tie type deal, but 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 Jay is just uh, walking around in his fucking tracksuit. I don't know why it made me laugh so hard this time watching it, but like after Kay comes in and he talks to talks to Jay, he's about to take him out. He's like, "Oh, I got so much paperwork," and then the guy comes in. He's like, "He's like, good job, Edwards. Good job." Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah like he that guy was like i only got i only got five lines i need to make this one count <laughs> yeah well you know i i i appreciate what barry sonnenfeld did with this movie because like there is like you said earlier where it feels a little indie is he does very few camera setups in some of these scenes like, there's the fact that Kay's entrance into that interrogation room. Oh, yeah. The way and that he, he stops with the doctor in the hallway, the coroner in the hallway. And could you look at this, please? Flash, right? You know everything that happens behind that glass. Yeah. But another director may have shown you that scene in the hallway. Oh, yeah, for sure. Any other director, I think he would have shown you Kay coming in, Flash the doctor. And then I'm thinking even when he walks in the door... They would have like closed up on him, like pulling the cord out of the camera. Yeah. So many, and like alternate angles of, of like behind Jay to see his face. Yeah. You're, yeah. They're, but you're right. I, I do like that it's all basically the camera's just there. The sergeant is talking to him. There's a little bit of like back and forth, uh, but really it's only like in and out when uh, the other police officer is there, but then it just pulls back and it's all. You know, it doesn't really change from that point on. Yeah. Well, see, I, I'm suddenly thinking, what would this scene have looked like if it was the Quentin Tarantino? You know, we've got... There have been a lot of quick cuts. <laughs> Sa Sam, Sam Jackson in the chair. You see a bead of sweat dripping down his <laughs> cheek or something like that. You know, like, oh, yeah. John Travolta saunters in, pulls out the plug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Jay, uh, Kay takes him out. What? Okay, so the way they do it, like, he just, like, Jay just snaps out of it in the middle of this bar, right? He doesn't have any questions at all about, like, is he also drunk because he's got all those beers in front of him? Or has he just been convinced that he was drunk? Yeah, I guess, because he got neuralized, right? Yeah, he got neuralized. Does the but does does the neuralizer? Because I know the neuralizer obviously makes people open to suggestion. But could you just mm -hmm. suggest to some? Hey, you're drunk, and we're at it. We're yeah. at it. We're at dinner, having a good time. Yeah, I mean, I realized I just jumped over the whole Jeep scene, didn't I? The whole him going to identify the uh, the gun at the pawn shop. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Jump over that. I I didn't take t enough notes. <laughs> <laughs> I just found myself watching this movie. That's what it is, right? <laughs> but yeah, the the whole Jeep scene. I mean, Tony Shalhoub is great in this movie, and I'm glad that they brought him back in the sequel. Or was he in both sequels? See, again, I don't remember the second. Uh, I don't remember if he is in the third one or not. Yeah. I know that the pug is in is in all of them. And I feel like those weird little alien guys that Zed hates are in all of them. Yeah. But yeah, I don't remember if Jeeves is... 
I still really like that scene though when he gets his head blown off and it grows back. I thought yeah. I, I expected that to look way worse. No, absolutely. I I want to give another shout out to 1997 special effects for being not too shabby. And I I love the demeanor, like the uh, the two different characters that he gets to play. The shifty pawnbroker when Will Smith is in there interrogating him. And then how all of a sudden, oh, wait, no, now the jig is up because Kay is in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the shift in personality that he has, like his earthling persona. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got to ask when it comes to like these earthlings or whatever, these aliens on Earth posing as humans, you know, because when they eventually get to Men in Black, you get to see a bunch of them on screen with, with all these little cameos. Are they saying that exceptional people can't be humans? Should I be offended as a human thinking that none of us are good enough to have these amazing accomplishments as large as Michael Jackson and Oprah and or maybe those are in the sequels, but Steven Spielberg, like that's the only way that he can be as great as he is is because I don't think so because like the one that they really highlight is Jay's elementary school teacher. That's true. Or whatever that he he said must have been an alien or whatever, Miss yeah. Edelson. Yeah. So I think, I think I think that was more of just for the the movie of having like a hot like a funny, haha Sylvester Stallone's an alien. That's really the only one I noticed. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I don't think you need to feel bad that only aliens can excel in life. No, my my feelings shouldn't be hurt by that. No. <laughs> So the whole introduction to the Men in Black headquarters with the job interview, I still love this whole taking the test scene where (laughs) they all have to figure out how to write on the egg. I was wondering about that. Like, what do you think the goal was in the test? Like, clearly, clearly it's just observation, like to see what people will do. Well, I feel like there's a stress test aspect to it. Yeah. Yeah. And there is definitely ingenuity aspects to it. Like, I almost feel like, why not get out of your chair and stand up and write on the back? That's what I would have done, I feel like. Yeah. Especially once you drag that table the first couple inches and go, oh, shit. Oh, this is really loud, you know, like. Yeah. Okay, I'll just. I'll I'll kneel. I'll kneel around the table. Yeah, or or just lay on the floor. It It seemed pretty clean. Yeah. Or go to a wall. I don't know. Yeah. And like was was his pencil like scored? Like like was it was it set up to snap when he tried to rip open the paper? Like why was his pencil so flimsy? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. But still a great scene. The best of the best of the best. Sir. Cap- Captain America. Yeah. Captain America over here. Best of the best with honors, sir. <laughs> <laughs> So they get taken into the shooting range. Now, we have Zed with the question of, can you tell me why you thought little Tiffany deserved to die? And we have the whole explanation of that one's just sneezing. That one's just trying to get his pump on. Little white girl, middle of the project, all these monsters, quantum physics book in her hand. She was up to some shit. What do you think? Was he right? Like, was that the test? Yeah, they they don't really explain... The way Zed reacts, then I have I have to think it was not. But I think yeah. part of the part of the test is like, can you clearly articulate why you made the decision you made? And so I mm. think that's where he wins. 
Okay. So you 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 don't think that was the test though that everyone else failed because they all shot monsters. Yeah, like I almost think it's like uh on one aspect if you had shot the monsters that's like that's like the test but shooting the the girl is like that's the Jedi test. Like that's yeah. how you know you have the force because you can see yeah. things other people don't see. <laughs> <laughs> So after that test, though, it's determined that James has passed the interview and everyone else is taken into another room for an eye exam. <laughs> and uh, he's given the night. He's given until sunrise to think about it. He just sits on that fucking bench all night. <laughs> Guess he didn't have anything to drink earlier. You know, he doesn't have to take a piss at all. But yeah, it doesn't seem like he'd be comfortable to just sit on a park bench for hours. Yeah. But it is New York, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But he he ultimately decides that, no, he is going to become a man in black. And I love the whole, you know, his, well, remember, you guys picked me, no calling me kid or sport, whatever you say, slick. But here's the thing, you know, everything, you know, but yeah, he, he thinks he has the upper hand because they handpicked him. And then he sees how big the operation it is. is. So are there only 26 agents? I mean, because there's more than 26 people in that building, but a lot of them are like office workers. It seems like the office worker uniform is a short-sleeved white shirt with a black tie. Well, I mean, what would be interesting to go back, I never thought of this, but like they do show a row of lockers. Mm -hmm. and Yeah, as it zooms across to him. I wonder if we'd be able to tell whether or not L's locker at that time was occupied because later we get another Agent L. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. And who was the agent in the beginning? I forget what his letter was. D. E? D, oh, as in dangles. D. Oh. I don't know. There can't only be 26 men in black, but maybe how maybe how it works is like there's blocks, units. So it's like maybe there's like a one unit is more on like the alien immigration force. One is like special ops and one is, and maybe, maybe within that they try to have like everybody, like 26 different letters or something like that. Yeah. Like the cleanup team that shows up in the beginning, they're dressed like men in black, except for their clear garbage bag, uh, rain jackets that they've got going on. But are they agents as well? Because they're dressed like the men in black. Or are they like junior agents, maybe? I mean, they're the cleanup team. And memory, like, I just, yeah, I just, I want to know what the structure is of the Men in Black headquarters. And imagine the shit that some of these clerks have seen. Like, all these people that are sitting around on the main floor with their typewriters and everything. You know, Mm -hmm. like, imagine some of the things that have come across their desks. (laughs) Yeah, Cerulean death rays. Yeah. I mean, they're basically an airport too, right? Yeah, I guess so. That that's that's a, that's a weird. Oh, yeah, part of part of the Men in Black is like, are they an, are they an airport or are they like a no? Because people have luggage there; they're coming in with luggage. So, yeah, some sort of terminal of some sort. Yeah, that's the immigration check-in. That's the border crossing right there. It's kind of unclear, like how people are getting because. I don't care how, like... How are they hiding that air traffic? Yeah, where are all these ships? Or are people, like, teleporting in somehow? Right? They never talked about a teleporter. Yeah. 
I don't know. If there's ever another Men in Black sequel, they should really they should really dig into what the what the how the letter how the letter scheme works. Like I want to know if there's like an L two or like a J five or something like that. Or yeah, the whole corporate structure of the Men in Black. I mean, maybe I missed something in Men in Black International, but I mean, it was hard to pay attention to that one because I was more entertained by my phone in my hand. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I may have missed something because that one takes place in uh, London. Yeah. Yeah, it's the European office. So, I mean, maybe maybe there's 26 agents there, 26 agents. And what happens if they go to like some conference and it's like, hey, I'm Jay. Oh, hey, I'm Jay too. Oh, crazy. You know, which uh, I'm UK Jay, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's like a legion sort of thing where it's like everybody is just what they are. Like, because I mean, they have no, they have no personal lives. They have no family, no identifier of any sort. So I mean, really, like, it's just a moniker. Like, it's just something to call somebody. It seems like, like, it's not okay, even their so, actual name. Well, now was was he intentionally sought out because he has no other ties in this world? Because that's what I'm wondering. Like, do they send out a team to go around and neuralize people that would have known him? Like, there's, there's, there's got to be some, like, l- let's explore the other side of this for a mi- moment, right? Like, you know, he's got no parents, no siblings, no cousins, no uncles, no aunts, no, you know, like, no friends. You know, like, they, they would have had to neuralize everyone he's ever worked with at work. He He's a fucking detective. He's probably expected in court at some point to be a witness. Some murderer is going to go free because the detective, the star detective, is not there to give his testimony. Like, how can they erase his identity? There's flaws to this plan. Well, yeah, because then on the other side of that, when Kay retires... They just the story is he just woke up from a thirty-five year coma and went back to his. They didn't neuralize her. So like, yeah. Did she? Did they have to neuralize her to accept him back and be like, oh, like what? Like, oh yeah, I, I remember <laughs> you. Manufacture a memory of him, and I mean, really, she went thirty years and never met anyone. She waited for thirty years for this guy that never came home. I mean, at some point, it's like. No, like you, you gotta give up, sister. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's the thing is, like, wouldn't she have been putting out like ads in the paper saying, "Have you seen my husband?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, melt cartons. I don't know anything. Like, you know, oh, it's that crazy woman again. Like, just talking must... about her missing husband who doesn't even exist in the records. Yeah, they must have some sort of like. <laughs> larger form neuralizer machine that they can use on the general public on mass. Yeah, they must like, because think about how many people would have seen that spaceship over the baseball field. Like you're telling me that only the one person in the outfield that got hit with the ball is the only person out of like 30,000 fans that saw this spaceship flying in the sky. Mm -hmm. Come on, come on, buddy. No, Nah. So, like, they have to fly something overhead and flash a neuralizer. They fly the uh, Goodyear blimp over the stadium. <gasps> it's chemtrails. That's what they're doing to us. It's their fly. That's they're what it is. Planes over with like chemicals <laughs> that spray us and cause us to forget the aliens. 
Oh, that's why I, that's why I've got a tinfoil hat. Get me Alex Jones on the phone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. It looks like it hurts to get all your fingerprints burned off. <laughs> I'd imagine. <laughs> I also I also feel like he didn't have his fingers on there long enough for it to be effective. So he probably had to go yeah. back for another round. <laughs> He's got partials. It's like tattoo removal. You have to go back for like, oh, it's time for your annual fingerprint zapping. Like there's no way that you could that machine could work by somebody's own volition just holding their fingers there you'd need they should be like you'd have to like strap their hands down to that thing to get a good sear yeah like like maybe uh captain america from the uh testing scene might be able to no i got this i got this i'm the best of the best of the best sir yeah you know but there should be some sort of strapping device absolutely so now he puts on the last suit he ever wears. The difference is he makes this look good. And then they're up in Zed's office. Now, I know they did the whole bit where he's suiting up, you know, in a bit of a montage and all that sort of stuff. But he basically goes immediately into the field. Mm-hmm. He, like, he doesn't get a training video. <laughs> he, he He doesn't get handed an orientation package. Like... <laughs> Yeah, and like, are there a law? Like, is there a in, is there an intergalactic law book that he should be versed with? Like, I'm sure he's aware of North, well, not even North American, but like New York and so whatever some federal laws that would apply. But like, you know, he's law enforcement now. So yeah, no, they they even quote some sort of law number, some section violation that the bug is violating at the end when they're like you are under arrest by section whatever Mm -hmm. so they do quote some sort of international code but he hasn't learned that book yeah maybe hand him the manual where's the scene of him like being bogged down with uh with binders yeah like at, at a desk with a single lamp doing homework and oh frustrated crumpling up papers because he can't get it right where's that montage <laughs> yeah this movie really needed a montage of like in-class training uh like alien anatomy uh yeah <laughs> that sort of stuff yeah. yeah they could have played one of his classic uh you know parents just don't understand playing over it well, they could have just played the Men in Black song in the movie instead of yeah, saving it for too. saving it for the credits. Yeah, here come the Men in Black. It's just a montage of him studying and going to school. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. With, with my job, I did like four weeks worth of training for my job, and I'm a fucking bus driver. I mean, how long do you know soldiers do basic training in the army for? Yeah, I know police do at least. I think it's like three months. S- or yeah. something before they're like, I think it's three months before the, before they're like out on the street with a with a training officer. Yeah, but this is not. We got someone that's stuck on the Jersey Turnpike. Just oh. take the kid out there. The game was already afoot, so they had to get him yeah. in. I do have a question about the uh, the marble thing. The the thing that he says, "What's this?" You know, when when he's being shown all the little gadgets. And that's the that's the thing that caused the New York blackout back and whenever. And why isn't there 
a piece of glass around this thing. <laughs> like, why isn't it in a box? Why is it? To res- why isn't know, it any? Stop. Why isn't it anywhere else than where it is? Like, why yeah, is it just? Too. Why is it just out in the open? It's it's almost like somebody was using it to show, like maybe for a demonstration of some sort, and put it there. To, like, there's no reason why this thing should just be stored out in the open <laughs> like that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I you know I think about I've been out at picnics. And a wasp will be there, and I'll take a plastic cup, and I'll be like, Gook, I got you, wasp. You can't get me. Mm-hmm. Same principle applies to this dangerous fucking marble that maybe, hey, take a big bell jar. Put that right over top of that baby. You know, there you go. You know, people can't poke it by accident. You know, imagine a janitor in there with his mop. He's got his headphones in. He's just whistling, you know, bopping along to getting jiggy with it. And the end of his mop accidentally taps that thing. Yeah. He's just the janitor. He doesn't know how to catch it. He doesn't know where Kay keeps the special catching mitt for it. Yeah. It's also, just, it's, it's, like, it's like glowing, which leads me to believe it would be hot. And that one guy takes it right in the face. Yeah, that's true. He does. Yeah, and like it, it goes through some things, but not others. I don't know. It's yeah. So it it can go through glass, but the guy takes it in the face, and like I don't know, shouldn't he be dead? <laughs> like that seems like enough. That seems like enough of an impact to at least concuss him. Yeah, that guy. That I mean, that guy should be one of those guys. This, you know, it's the last straw. This is the <laughs> the last time they're gonna fuck with me, and he just storms out of there. Fuck this job. This is the last straw. Getting hit in the head with marbles. Fuck. Go work for the government, they said. (laughs) So now Zed does send them out to deal with the one guy that's trying to flee town on the New Jersey Turnpike. And now he did specifically say he's stuck on the New Jersey Turnpike. But when they get out there, there's no cars anywhere. So did they just assume he was stuck? Continuity error. Okay. Yeah. Well, he, yeah. Still a hilarious scene too though. Like and again, it's it's the beauty of the minimalist photography where it's, you know, we've got the whole scene happening between Kay and the guy in the foreground with his license and all, you know, the conversation there. But meanwhile in the background, Will Smith is getting whipped around by the giant tentacles. Mhm. Great scene. Something's peeking. Congratulations. It's a squid (laughs) (laughs) even that alien effect like looked pretty dang good for 1997 yeah i was impressed again well that yeah and him getting pulled in and out of the car i mean you know it was a it was a little wonky like the physics of it didn't quite seem to make sense to my brain but it still worked like it, it still looked good yeah oh i was also gonna say in that scene it all, I, whenever I see the like the World Trade Center in New York movies, I'm always like, oh yeah, nine eleven, nine eleven, yeah, happened. hadn't happened yet. Yeah, you know, I, I also want to ask about his, the uh, guy's choice to keep his licenses in the places that he keeps them, because like his driver's license is in his visor. It's like, okay, well, I guess that maybe makes sense. However, I don't think I would leave my license in the visor that that seems almost as ludicrous as leaving my keys in the visor but then his alien one is in his wallet but it's like if you get mugged now your alien one is out there 
Now, or now if, that's a liability. Or if you're going to the club, like, I don't yeah, know if you've... they'll accept alien ID. Yeah, you've got the wrong one in your wallet, I think, in this case. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think all of them should be in your wallet, but are there actually people who just keep their light? Actually, no, my wife does this. Like, she just keeps her license sometimes in the console, but that seems so ridiculous to me. Like, just keeping her license and, and stuff in the visor. Yeah. Is she a yoga pants wearer, though? Well, she's just a woman pants wearer. I feel like female pants are not, like, created with appropriate pockets. No, they are notoriously pocket-free. And they're not, just females are not, like, wallet. They always have to have a purse, not a wallet or a clutch. Things that that don't fit inside of pockets. So it's like... Her cards, like her debit card and her license, they're just always getting lost because if those are the only two things she wants to bring, there's no real good place to put them ever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. the female, it's the women's plate, I guess, but... Yeah, I no, I have heard, you know, kind of like hashtag free the nipple. I mean, I have heard a lot about, you know, like, you know, pocket pockets in women's pants is, is something that certain women, uh, you know, are big proponents for. Well... I was blown away that, like, sometimes women's pants just have fake pockets. Yeah. Like, they just have things that look like pockets, but they're there just for show. They're not real pockets. Like, a jean, a jean is a utility pant. It's not meant yeah. for fashion. Yeah. It's meant well, for it's, use. It's, it's like if you have, like, a tuxedo and you have no pockets in the tuxedo, but you have the slits for the pockets. I've never understood that in men's clothing. Yeah, that, that's annoying. But it happens in women's everyday clothing. That's yeah. that's the stupid part. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> tangent. <laughs> well, let let's get to the woman of this movie. We get to meet Laurel. You know, there's a problem with the cat. What's the problem? He's your problem because Edgar the bug has gone and uh, Edgar in his skin suit has gone and killed off the Cerulean. Uh, what is he? President? King? I, he, I guess he's called your majesty, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, he's part of the royal family. I don't think he's the king. I think, I want to say he's like a prince of some sort, but I don't remember fully. So yeah, we have Linda Fiorentino, and I don't know how to say her name, the chick from Dogma. She's, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we get to meet the, who will eventually be Agent L, and, uh, why are coroners and medical examiners always so strange around bodies? Like, they're always comfortable, like, eating sandwiches or while they're performing autopsies and everything like that. I mean, she gets her flirt on with Agent J in this in this morgue at one point where she says, you have really pretty eyes. I mean... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just to, like, show how comfortable they are i suppose yeah to really just drive it home i I just wonder whether they're like this in real life you know Hmm. there's there's certain occupations that if you're ever around when they have shop talk Mm -hmm. you know you hear some very disturbing things like never get into a conversation with a group of nurses that are talking about work you know so i just yeah it I, I don't know if I could date a coroner is, I think, where, where I'm going with it. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know that I would want to hear about 
a coroner's work on a day-to-day basis. Plus you, I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure like the everyday stuff is fine, but if you got like, I don't know, a car accident or some massive, like something like really traumatic, like I don't want to have to hear about that. No, no, not really. And so the men in black show up at, at the morgue. I like the running gag that every time Tommy Lee Jones makes up a name for them, it's always, you know, like, some elaborate name, and then like Mr. Black or Mr. White, mm-hmm. you know, Doctor White, or in this case, I guess, you know, because he does that at Edgar's house too when they go and interview his wife with the terrible lemonade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that that's because Edgar's taking all the sugar out of the house, right? Sugar is that like she's not just bad at making lemonade. It, it's because Edgar ate all the sugar in the earlier scene with the sugar water, right? You know, I, I never thought of that, but now that you mentioned it, I bet that is why. Because that, that would make sense, because I'm sure, like, after she passed out, he just drank a gallon of sugar water. Yeah. I mean, I, I did miss that scene earlier as well, yeah, because that, that's another fun scene, because that that's where we find out about the neuralizer and that, you know, Jay wants happy memories made up. Like, I, I like that whole bit with... You know what? Actually, you left him. Yeah, because you can do better than him and everything like that. And so that's the start of it, which we end up getting more of once we get to the morgue here where they end up flashing thing her. Yeah, that's that's what we end up getting out of that is give her a good memory. Yeah. Yeah. The little guy in the alien face. Like the, you know, like the actual king, because he's just basically in like a human suit, I guess. Mm-hmm. That That's a puppet, right? Like all of that is done with puppets, including the face opening up. I have to assume. Oh, really? I, I assume the little alien guy was computer, but I'd have to look you at it. You think he's digital? Okay. I don't know, honestly. I've never, I've never... I've always just kind of thought that just because all the other aliens were, but I'd have to watch it again and maybe see. Well, I'm yeah, I'm, like that's that's the thing is for 1997, it is impressive that it's hard to tell, but I know some of it is puppetry. Yeah, I love the design of that little alien though in the in the face, like whether whether it's a puppet or whether it's CGI, like the way they make him breathe and everything like that, it is like it's so impressive to me. I'm just doing a quick, uh, quick Google here. Quick rewatch of that scene. I just want to see which, if I can find out which aliens were uh, practical and which were not. Well, I see. I think aspects of the one in the beginning are uh, like the 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 one with the one with the Mexican head. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure he is partially uh, uh, animatronic and partially digital. Oh no, you're right. I don't know. The ones in the head, the ones in the head are like puppets. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's a it's an impressive puppet. Yeah, that's nuts. I should save this picture and send it to you. It looks like it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I would have never thought. I always I was just assumed that almost everything was CGI, but that's sweet. I feel like we haven't talked about Edgar enough. Yeah. That whole that like. I guess he just he come he the spaceship lands the body see oh this was my question about about the the whole bug thing how does the bug how does the bug enter like well first how does the bug skin 
skin the human so cleanly? Mm-hmm. And then how yeah. do you think, through what orifice do you think he enters in? Because no. No, Because it doesn't seem like anything is sewn. No, because, yeah, like, he rips it coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you, you can fill a piñata, but you have to smash it to get everything out. So, so he, like, I, I don't know. How, how does he, how, how, how did, yeah, how does he even fold himself small enough? Like, I don't understand how he grows and shrinks inside this suit either. Yeah. And why can he no longer speak English as soon as he is no longer Edgar? Because he does say human words at the beginning before he sucks Edgar out of his suit. Mm-hmm. Right? Because he's like, your proposal is acceptable or whatever. But it's kind of a mechanical sounding voice. Yeah. So maybe it's a translator. Yeah. Yeah, I don't Does know. Does he have a, sh- sh- a shrink ray? <laughs> Because uh. does he at the end does he talk when he's like the big cockroach no, he, whatever I, it is? No, he or just he growls. Just yeah. yeah, yeah. We we don't get the uh, the villain monologuing. We get Will Smith monologuing. I did notice on this time around. I like the detail that the actual like Edgar corpse is decaying as the movie progresses. Like, yeah, the makeup on it. Yeah, yeah, I that was cool. Yeah, no, I I definitely noticed that as well, where it's like, oh, yeah, it's getting grayer. Like, his fingertips get gray at one point, and then his, like, the, you know, his finger, more of his fingers are getting gray near the end. Yeah, like, just little little details like that. Like, imagine the nightmare that continuity would have been on that, you know, when it came to make up with that one. Yeah. I also liked after, because, I mean, Edgar kills the Archillian... What's it or not? They go to the morgue with the cat. Yeah. You get the whole like Orion's belt to, thing. And then to they prevent all, war, the galaxy is, yeah, on Orion's belt. They all realize that the cat is Orion or whatever. But I love when Edgar, I think that when Edgar shows back up, we get to see like a baby David Cross at yeah. the, uh, the morgue, whatever, like attendant. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. The receptionist of the morgue. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. looks. He looks he looks so young. It's crazy. Yeah. And pretty funny. The way that this guy is with his cans of uh, bug spray. Mm-hmm. He he's just got those on like quick draw. Like is he wearing a holster? Like this guy he just you know all of a sudden has these out. Like if that was me, it's like I'd have to go look for it. It's like ah, oh, it would be over in the cabinet over there. Yeah, this like- guy's got them on standby under the uh, under the counter. Are they suggesting that because it's a morgue, there's a lot, they have like a bug problem? Huge roach problem? Because of all the bodies? (laughs) Or is it because it's New York? Like, is this commentary on New York? I mean, we obviously get that with the cab driver joke, where Will Smith sees the beaded seat cushion and the little, you know, I don't know, whatever, dashboard ornament, the little crown thing, and he's in a cab! (laughs) I thought, I thought it was like, sure, the thing maybe i could get but i thought it was a weird choice to specifically single out whatever that crown ornament was and rip it out of the car to throw it yeah (laughs) oh i i can't see the road with this shit on the dashboard (laughs) fuck that's just a huge blind spot you know like he he has the wherewithal to be like you know what this is going to be uncomfortable on my edgar suit like i don't know maybe it'll like 
the the massaging of the beads will make it deteriorate faster and he knows that so he's got to get rid of that and my god this thing's just in the way or does he think it's ugly i don't know <laughs> it's just not to his liking yeah that scene's also where we get to see the noisy cricket which i thought was still so funny made me laugh every yeah. time <laughs> yeah Although I thought, fuck, it would hurt. The the very last shot he takes that sends him flying, like, ass first into the windshield. Like, you are not, like, I don't care who you are. You are not standing up from that and then and then going for a Will Smith run. That yeah, break yeah. your entire back. Oh, absolutely. It sure would. And I, I, I don't understand why, like, an orientation video would have helped. Yeah. Like, know your weapons. Like, he should know what kind of kick that has. If you go to a gun range and you say, hey, I want to shoot the forty-five, they'll be like, okay, that's a lot of gun. Have you shot a gun before? Because there's a huge amount of kick to that, right? Like, if there's this much kick to the, like, he's in there making fun of it. I'm going to, I think I'm going to break this damn thing, right? Maybe you should warn him. That, uh, yeah, except this thing will send you flying across. Like, you have to... You have to plant your feet. Mm-hmm. This thing will send you flying otherwise. Yeah. Jeez. You know, you, you had the whole car ride there to, to explain it to him. I, I, I don't know if I can get behind the driving really fast effect, though. Like, not 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 when he pushes the red button, but just when they're regularly oh, driving yeah. through traffic, where it's just like, okay, well, they just clearly just sped up the film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In his, yeah, of, in his... of, all, of all the effects in the movie, that one is probably the roughest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In his in his Ford POS, and I think that means it's time for sponsorship corner. Oh man, he did it. I've been trying to figure out how. <laughs> Fuck. I was like, I, I was about to message you on, did you forget? Like, <laughs> oh, we're, at an hour, we're at an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Always on the lookout for product placements in movies. This week, Men in Black is brought to you by Chevy and Ford, the New York Post, Bun Coffee Machine, CTK Racing, Skittles, M&M's, Crunch, Mars, Snickers, Kit Kat, Rosenberg, Fine Jewels, Marlboro cigarettes, Raid and Ray-Ban sunglasses. I tried to get in there with the bug spray. Plus the potentially real Universal Palm Broker, the Eye Examiner, Global Snooper, and the World Magazines, Bug Off Spray, and Zap'em Exterminators. And this has been Sponsorship Corner. Yeah, I mean, Kay gives him shit for discharging his weapon in public as well. Again, an orientation video would have helped. Why didn't he just give him one of the regular... Like, why the noisy cricket? Why is that the gun that he chose? I know, like, that's on Kay, I feel like. Because if you're not going to train somebody in how to use this gun, you can't give him this, like, beast of a beast of a gun and just be like, here you go. This deceptive beast of a gun. Yeah. You know, like, is he hazing him? Is that what he's doing? Like, so they have to chase after the bug. They they realize that he's gone to where the World's Fair was held because those are real UFOs. You know, good on Jay for being the one that figures out that that little piece of the puzzle. No one else can think of where there's any other spaceships. Hey, old I was guys! Say, like, like Jay Jay actually does 
the bulk of the actual detective work yeah. on this case. Like, he's the one who figures out Orion's belt, and he's the one who figures out, like, oh, he's going to go to where these UFOs are. Yeah. So maybe that's, maybe more than his athletic ability is why Kay recruited him. Yeah, but then he balances that out with uh with you know not being able to take the hint that uh <laughs> yeah the, the 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 coroner is currently being held uh you know hostage. Yeah. Well. Uh, apparently also with the deteriorating makeup, that was like a 6-hour makeup session for Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh wow. So, but yeah, so they they uh they pushed the little red button. You know, Elvis is not dead. He just went home. See, another one. It's like, what? Elvis couldn't be human? See, I don't know. <laughs> The the clues are uh, are stacking up for me being offended by that as a human. God, <laughs> racist against humans. So we get the big climactic fight with uh, the bug. You know he's uh, trying to carry Laurel up uh, up the up to the UFO. He, she he's keeping her as a hostage. But but then she jumps out and manages to save herself by recklessly jumping into a tree. I mean, I don't know. I, I I guess the the idea of being this hostage is probably a worse thing, but that's a pretty big risk that she took. They were pretty high up already. Well, I mean, he said she was he was gonna eat her, so I feel like her options were certain death or possible death. Yeah, I guess so. Possible death is probably the better one. Yeah, I mean, there there are certain times in your life that you definitely have to consider, is this a tuck and roll moment? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so when when they show up, I just the whole fight, like when, you know, he becomes, uh, you know, he takes off his Edgar suit, you know, he puts his hand behind his head. Like this? And pulls it out, and now suddenly he can't talk because he's a bug again. But I, I like the bit where he swallows the gun, and then, you know, Kay goes to get his gun. Where are you going to get my gun? <laughs> Love that part. But the uh, the whole stomping on the cockroaches part those are those are mustard packets that he's stepping on. You know when he starts Must- squishing them and yeah when he starts oh. squishing them and being like you know oh was that your auntie? Yeah that part. Yeah to get the spray out of guts. Yeah that's uh they're mustard packets under his feet. I was kind of wondering if they were. Uh... If they would have just crushed like real cockroaches or not, but that makes sense. Yeah, I did notice that when they do that close up on his foot, that there was actual guts coming out. So I mean, good effect. Yeah, and yeah, maybe they injected something into that mustard packet to get a little bit more. Uh, they probably didn't want. They couldn't filling. have uh, used real cockroaches because they would have had PETA on their ass. Oh yeah, absolutely. If they didn't, yeah, if they didn't cause... already from having Tom Lee Jones manhandle a pug. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Don't shake the baby, but I guess shaking a pug is okay. It must have been done in a very controlled way. You know it was. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know how anyone can sy- sympathize with a cockroach. I mean, I believe I've said on this show that I've encountered a cockroach in my life and my, my reaction to it is, ah! So, <laughs> knowing that about myself, you know, who cares if a couple of them get stepped on? But yes, I guess PETA would have been all over that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Frank the Pug is great. Yeah, I, I didn't even bring up Frank the Pug. Or the Worm Guys. I mean, so many little side characters. I mean, we got off on so many tangents, but I agree. Like, this is this is a movie that I absolutely love. And, and like, 
it's been a while since I've seen it, and I I just I f- I feel more like reliving this movie than just you know. You know what I mean? Like I just, yeah. like I said, I didn't take a whole lot of notes because I just found myself going, "Oh my god, Men in Black! Why haven't I watched Men in Black in this long? Such a good movie." Yeah, it was surprisingly good. From what, like, for a movie, I'm saying like that old. Like that just makes me seem really old. Twenty five years old. Though. Is, yeah, it's like twenty five years old. It's like, and but it still really holds up. Mostly just because it's a good, fun story. Yeah, and a nice, neat package. <laughs> I thought Jay was going to have more, or should, not that I thought, because I've already seen the movie, but I th- I feel like he should have been able to actually like, hold his own against the bug a little bit. Yeah. I think it's kind of weird that he just gets his ass like kicked and thrown around for five minutes before Kay ultimately like, explodes. Blows him up from blow, the inside. Blows him up from the inside. Yeah. And did, like how did guy. how did how did they know that? Like, I'm assuming K knew that the bug ate the galaxy somehow. Maybe that's just what yeah. bugs do. Maybe again, maybe if Jay had taken the training course, he would have knew known well, that. But he ditched his anchor suit. He doesn't have pockets anymore. Mm-hmm. So you know, logic would tell you that he swallowed it. But like, really, it took you that long to find. Your gun and your and the galaxy. I mean, even your gun. You just had to find your gun. You you could have sorted out where the galaxy was later after blasting this thing to bits. Yeah. Also, I take issue with the Archelian Empire's like their whole role in all this of coming to attack the Earth and firing warning shots and giving them like what what do they call it like a standard intergalactic week, which is like one hour of Earth time. Yeah. But even in their message, they're like, MIB, give us the galaxy or Earth will be destroyed. And then it says, yeah. sorry. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. we don't want to do this, guys. But, like, this is just our protocol. Jeez. We're just following We're, orders. Our hands are tied <laughs> on this one, guys. Like, intergalactic law states. Yeah, and, I mean, they, they take shots at us. They get to they give us a warning shot. Do we get to fire back? Well, how come no one shot back? God. But yeah, K gets his gun back. The bug gets exploded. It does a last minute bad guy pop up and uh, Laurel saves the day. And then all of a sudden the code word gets dropped. Boy, never look at them anymore. The stars. (laughs) So now he was training a replacement. Well, it's been like two days, right? (laughs) So really like. Like, you didn't even show him the fucking orientation vi- video, and you've been training a replacement? And now your fully trained replacement is also going to go train a new person? <laughs> right? Yeah, th- this uh, this Padawan is not ready to be a full Jedi Master. I mean, he, he needs a couple more weeks, at least. At least, yeah. Like you, you shouldn't even be trusting him with the keys to the car at this point, because he didn't know what the little red button did enough to listen to your advice to do up your seatbelt. This guy knows nothing. This man knows nothing about this job, and you're like, nah, flashy thing, me. I'm out of here. Peace. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> Uh, apparently the flashy thing it couldn't open and flash in the same take 
like the device was not built that way, so they had to get creative with like anytime they used the flashy thing. Hmm. Because they had to use like two different versions of the flashy thing or something. Yeah. The neuralizer is one of those like if I could if I were collecting film props, that would be on the top of my list, I think. That that would be a solid choice. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe a flex capacitor. I'd take a flex capacitor too. Mm-hmm. But so in the end, Kay gets neuralized. We find out that he goes back to the woman he loved. And our lady Laurel becomes a lady in black. She she is Agent L. And Jay is wearing the most conspicuous looking man in black outfit that he could be wearing. That suit would stand out way more than the people that are just walking around in a standard black tie black suit. Like his his like button up, you know, uh, no collar tuxedo looking suit that he has going on with the Morpheus glasses. <laughs> like it just, you know, it's. It's just, it's, you're not really uh, blending in as much as the other guys would. Yeah. Yeah, well, but. He's got to make it look good. That's the difference between the, him and the rest of the other guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He makes it look so good that he had to change it. He's like, wait a minute. Maybe I don't look better than these guys in this. I need a new suit to stand out. But yeah, Agent L, I mean, just like breaking through glass ceilings. You know, and and becoming a, a a man in black. What are her actual qualifications other than she just knew the truth? Like, I mean, I guess at this point she has more alien kills than Agent J does. True. But still, like, it, you know, they don't go into any kind of history of whether she's like, you know, former military or something. She's a coroner. I get the sense that what the men in black are really looking for as an as an agency is initiative. It doesn't really remember, it doesn't really matter what line of work you come from, but they're just looking for people who are willing to step up and step in when the time is when when it's needed. So they're 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 out there watching sanitation engineers even and being like, "Hey, you picked up that garbage can like a champ." Yeah, right. I, I want to show you something. I, I want to show you a building. Or bus drivers, man. You never know. Maybe one yeah, day. <laughs> that's right. One day they'll be like, hey, you, you'd know how to drive a car on the roof of a tunnel. Exactly. <laughs> and then we find out that we are all inside of marble being played in a game of marbles by aliens. That's the other special effect I can't really get behind. That That is, it's almost like they wanted that little add-on to the end of the movie and they had to rush that particular CGI into production. Maybe it's because it's the only entirely CGI movie or scene in the movie. Yeah. I'm not sure how I feel about that ending. That was the only part of yeah. the movie where I was just kind of like, meh. Like, it just... I guess I guess it's like a cool like concept, but you know I don't know. Well, it gives you a sense of infinity. I guess, yeah. Because you know, it's like it's like this galactic nesting doll that we've got going on. Because inside that marble that was on Orion's belt might be another universe that's got a marble, and I don't know. But it's just like you know, like don't you think that them playing marbles with us, it would be like, whoa, take it easy. You're shaking this shit down here. We should be feeling earthquakes all the time from these games of marbles. (laughs) 
But there we go. That is the Men in Black. Now, Colin on IMDb, it scored 7.3 out of 10 and has a meta score of 71. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has 91% on the tomato meter and an audience rating of 80%. But Colin, those are just numbers. Like a game of intergalactic marbles, hit us with some reviews. All right, Damien Boyce gives the movie five out of five stars and says, Men in Black is quite simply one of the greatest sci-fi comedies of all time. Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones are perfectly cast as the two agents from a shadowy organization given the task of regulating alien behavior on planet Earth. The banter between the two leads absolutely zips back and forth. The movie has an energy about it that is just magic on screen. Combined with a genuinely good story and great special effects, Men in Black is exciting, fresh, funny, and is the best comedy adventure since the original Ghostbusters. This is classic. It's out of this world. Nice, nice, yes. It's definitely out of this world. How many of these reviews are going to have puns like that that kind of cap it off? Ah... Blast off for another adventure. I don't know. Let's find out. (laughs) Jasmine Weston-Smith says, I love this movie. Some people will say Will Smith can only play one type of character. This film does nothing to prove against this hypothesis. But hey, (laughs) why mess with the winning formula? I have an irrational fear of bugs, so it was particularly difficult to open my eyes at times. But Will Smith's voice did well to keep me in the loop of the storyline when I had to cower behind the sofa cushion. I really want to believe that a government agency like the Men in Black exists, although I don't agree with the masculine naming convention, as I would love to join the ranks one day. In short, Will Smith equals yay, Tommy Lee Jones equals not so much. Wow. Aww. No, 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 you can't. You can't say stuff like that about Tommy Lee Jones. That's not right. (laughs) Okay, this this is just a weird review. I don't know. I don't know if it's a review of anything. Emily Y. Bieraki gives the movie five out of five stars and says, I like Will Smith and Michael Jackson, who is playing that movie. They were famous artists. They have own music. I used to listen to their own music. They are nice people. Will Smith, he has his own movies and TV shows and his career. I like Will Smith. I think he'll always be on Lip Sync Battle with LL Cool J, and I like to watch him, who is dancing and singing on the stage. I like Michael Jackson, who is playing that movie. He is famous artist. They have own music. I used to listen to his music. He is a nice guy. He has his own Halloween song. It is called Thriller. He danced like zombie. He has zombie makeup, and he looks like a guy. <laughs> well... I don't know if he looks like a guy. (laughs) (laughs) But I agree with every other word of that review. (laughs) Uh, Uh, They they nailed it. Fucking nailed it. The most succinct (laughs) review I've ever heard. Mike Rayleigh says, this is one of those movies I watch over and over again. Good special effects for the time. I thought Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith were a great team, and Rip Torn was an excellent choice. The plot was new, and the storyline moved along well. Yeah, we didn't talk enough about Zed either, and but yes, Rip Torn, I'll always love him as a curmudgeon. I mean, just like dodgeball. Yeah. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Okay, this will be the last one. Veer Singh says, five out of five stars. Watch the film with my sister. A very good and entertaining classic film. I never got bored at any moment while watching it. The comedy is very good. There wasn't any joke in the film, which I didn't laugh or smile on, especially in the pug scene. The roles are played very well. Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones are very entertaining in the film. 
I just don't like the main villain of the film because he died too easily and wasn't really powerful, but isn't really a very bad downside. The film is still fantastic and worth watching. Don't have more words left. <laughs> Maybe Google has a word limit? Doesn't seem like it. Some people write novels. Right on. Yeah, there we go. Nice. Nice. Well, yeah, we've got mid seven or low seventies from IMDb and uh, ninety one and eighty from Rotten Tomatoes. I I appreciated Tommy Lee Jones way more than I appreciated Will Smith on this particular viewing, because you know back in nineteen ninety seven in that era, I mean, because I was on such a Will Smith you know, fan kick at the time and he was everything at that moment in, in time. I, you know, it it used to be all of his little quips and all that sort of thing that used to make me funny at some points in this movie though. It was trying to like, dude, you don't always have to be on. Okay. You know, like there was some points where it's just like, fuck. Now I see what Tommy Lee Jones is saying. Fuck this kid. Like, you know, at times just like, Chill out every once in a while. Start taking the occasional things seriously. I'm I'm all of a sudden looking at this like a dad. You know, I, I'm I'm now sympathizing more with the Tommy Lee Jones character. But no, in all seriousness, I I enjoyed Tommy Lee Jones far more than I have in the past with this particular movie. Even though like I have always loved him as a part of this movie. He he was he was the better part of this movie on this viewing. But I still love this movie. Mm-hmm. Still hilarious. Still action-packed. Still good, tied-up, neat little package as a standalone movie that if this had been the only Men in Black we ever get, it uh, would have been fine with me because it's it's a fun movie and beautifully shot. I even love moments like when Edgar is rolling his spaceship out of the the hole and for some reason there's just a cow standing there watching like choices like that in this movie are, you know, there's, there's comedy all around this movie and some of it is subtle, but just a beautiful movie to watch. I still very much enjoyed this movie. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I like the simplicity of the movie and I think you nailed it. I don't know why I felt this way as well, but I think Tommy Lee Jones steals this movie when I watch it mm-hmm. now. Like I, I'm more like I find myself way more interested in in K and what K's doing and his reactions to things and that kind of stuff than I I had on previous watches. Like like you said back in the day when this movie came out, it was all about Will Smith <laughs> and mm-hmm. because yeah. and I mean rightfully so. Like it was kind of like his big coming out party. So yeah. But yeah, now twenty five years removed, K K is the unsung hero of Men in Black. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there we go. That's Men in Black, and that's our show for this week. If you like that show, well, hopefully you like that show because you just listened to it. I mean, if you didn't like that show, it would be weird. But maybe you could just hate listen to other episodes just because <laughs> you know why not? 
But if you like that show, why not help us out by telling the world? Go give us uh, some five-star reviews on whatever app you listen to your podcasts on. Or tell somebody that you know personally and just let them know, hey, there's this show I like. Why don't you check it out? Because word of mouth reviews mean so much for a podcast, building an audience. You know, we're already in your ear holes. Put us in other people's ear holes. Or if you want to go one step further and want to donate to us, become a Patreon member, go over to patreon.com slash I used to like this one, become part of our Patreon family, and you will become an executive producer, which will give you a shout out just like executive producer Joshua Blum from the 13th Hour Podcast. And be sure to check out our website, iselectthisone.com, where you can find links to all our podcast episodes and social media pages. And drop us a line at iselectthisone at gmail.com. Let us know what movies you used to like, and then maybe you'll find us talking about them on the show. I Used to Like This One is created by, hosted by, and produced by Sean Wells and Colin Stewart. It is edited by Sean Wells, music by Lyndon Carter. Look for his band, Carter and the Capitals, anywhere you listen to music. And if you want to hear more content from me, look for my other podcast, In Front of the Yellow Line, anywhere pods are cast. Hear about my day job as a bus driver. Thank you for listening. And join us next time when we take a look at another movie on I Used to Like This One. <laughs>